Welcome to the Latched On Podcast. The Latched On Podcast is about the outdoors in Appalachia. Everything from hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, bushcraft, and woodsmanship. And digging into the depths of what makes this area of Appalachia so unique as a whole. It's time to strap in for the Latched On Podcast. Welcome to an episode of Last Time Podcast. I'm here with Zach again. This is your host, Andrew. Uh, we're going to talk about something that I recently started doing regularly. I think Zach's going to do it first time this mm-hmm. year, and we're going to talk about the joys of spring turkey hunting. Oh, yeah. So how excited are you to try turkey hunt for the first time? Oh, I'm pumped up. I love the pursuit of any animal, um, and I've always focused on whitetail deer hunting, but just uh, after researching and looking into turkey hunting, I'm just absolutely pumped up. Watched a bunch of YouTube videos about turkey hunting. Absolutely. I've watched and un- uh, don't want to admit the amount of hours I've probably put into turkey yeah. hunting videos in the last like three weeks. I think it was in November in the middle of deer season. Uh, my buddy Tanner, he's a big turkey hunter too. He sent me a video and he said, hey, dude, the hunting public hunted up at Pound Lake. That's where we were. We were like hunted. We muzzleloaded deer hunted up there like opening day. Three days later, he sent me that video. And I'm like, oh, crap. We were just there, like literally at that same spot. And uh, down the rabbit hole I went. Mm-hmm. Just turkey hunting videos all the time. And I'm like, I cannot wait Yep, for spring turkey. And it sounds almost sacrilege to me, but and this it's just me. I prefer, I mean, I don't prefer it, but I enjoy turkey hunting more than deer hunting. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of people have told me that, so I don't, yeah. uh, I don't disagree with a lot of people on that. I don't know if I'll be that, yeah. but I know I will enjoy it. But I, a lot of people just like it because that, that, that odd chase where you actually get to communicate regularly yeah. with the animal. It's, and I've never elk hunted, but I would akin it to that. It's, like, yeah, it's dubbed poor man elk hunting. Yeah. That's what Western guys call turkey hunting, poor man elk hunting. Uh, I mean, so. <laughs> and that's things that have elk hunted before. Well, I mean, you right. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, that makes pretty good sense because yeah. uh, I'm not good at turkey calling at mm-hmm. all. I'm horrible at it. Um, my wife's uncle, he can make a chicken purr with his turkey calls. That's awesome. But I'm, I've... I can do a slate call and a glass call, box call. I can do all that stuff. The mouth calls are my weakness. So let me tell you how I got good at a mouth call, and this is uh, terrible. So in high school, I was just a deer hunter, but they the kids, different calls started kids getting – Kids, stop listening right now just in case. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> no, the diaphragm calls started getting popular, and you could buy them. They're only like – at the time, they were probably only 4 or $5 a piece. They're only up to like 7 now, depending on what brand you get. You know, right. the ones at Walmart. I bought one and learned how to use it and I would take it to class and really? put it in and I would torment my teachers and cause they couldn't tell where it was coming from. Oh, whoa, whoa. Which teacher? I don't even remember. Don't even remember. Cause we went to the same school. You're just a couple of grades I, below I, me. So I, I'm trying to think, I couldn't remember what te- I did it to about everyone I probably had. 
it was to the point where I would have been suspended. They were so mad. I would have been suspended like out of school because I had them so upset. (laughs) If one of our school teachers is listening to this thing, just know it was Zach. Yep. It was me. The uh, statute (laughs) of limitations is definitely up on that. Yeah. Uh, So like we, uh, we had a guy, come up to the property and you saw it when you came in, he logged mm-hmm. the property. He's a big turkey hunter. And he actually okay. gave me two diaphragm calls from Cane Creek calls yeah. and Jenkins. Yep. He's right over the hill here. Right over the hill. And I tried his initiate beginners turkey call. Mm-hmm. Easiest turkey call I've ever called on. Oh yeah. Yeah. It sounded like a, like I didn't even have to really try. Okay. And it made a pretty good uh like a little turkey yelp. Yeah, that can, uh, guy over in Jenkins, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Cane Creek Calls, he's been making calls for over, almost 30 years now. And he's not, like, super known. No, nope. he is in our area, just in our he's area, so local. Yeah. But, yeah, his stuff is just as, I mean, I'd go as far as to say, and this is coming from somebody. Um, so I work with a guy. He is a diehard turkey hunter and has been his entire life. Mm-hmm. And I talked him into this year where I've never been turkey hunting. He's actually going to take me on opener. Mm-hmm. and he is like this guy can call like i've never heard people call before and he had i mean he just pulled out boxes and boxes and bags of just box calls slate calls glass calls uh diaphragms and everything and he had mentioned how he's used uh cane creeks for 20 years and he loves them and uh, they get up there just as good with the zincs and uh you know the everybody's tried a primos and i'm not down in primos in any way but that's just the your Walmart, you know, that's what every Walmart in America carries. You get Primos, Woodhaven, stuff like that. I got a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, easiest call I've ever made a call on. Yep. And it's a Cane Creek. It's a local. And a it's, yep. And it's a local guy that just started his own little company in, you know, Eastern yeah. Kentucky. So if he, if somebody big just noticed that, mm-hmm. he'd explode. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe he just likes staying like a, Maybe he likes being a little hole in the wall and just supplying local, yeah. regional people, and that's totally fine. Yeah, he still supplies Colgard as yeah. little stuff as they have now. Uh, he still has; they have a few of his diaphragm calls in there. And I haven't been to Colgard forever. <laughs> they have uh, they have turkey load. Anybody local that's listening, they do have some. Uh, I want to say they're Longbeard XRs for mm-hmm. three and a half inch and three inch twelve gauge. See, I actually. Have a guy at work. He loads shotgun shells, and he loaded me ten turkey loads. You need to. I patterned them a couple weeks ago, and they patterned really good. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. So this is going into the the gear nut over here. So I actually have a uh, 410 Mossberg turkey gun, uh-huh. and I know people uh, have their rev- uh, re- reservations. I guess maybe about using a 410, right. but it, Mossberg made it to turkey hunt, and uh, and I have a 12 gauge turkey gun. Yeah. That that is good for turkey. I've used it for squirrel in the past, but um I just love four tens. I always have. There's nothing wrong with four ten. I love four tens. I wish I had one, honestly. And I'm telling you that is so it's a Mossberg five hundred uh four ten turkey gun in bottomland camo and it is sexy. Yeah. And if I got the leafy green bottomland and it's actually optic cut, so you can put a pistol red dot on it at a later mm-hmm. date if you want. But it has a great fiber optic front sight. So um, but the owner of uh, Beverly's uh, Gun and Pawn Shop down in Coburn, where I get ninety percent of my stuff, he uh, he got one in, used it to pattern with, and it was he threw an extra 
like an extra full choke. I can't remember what brand I want to, uh, but he was shooting and he was patterned out to like almost 60 yards with a 410, That's which is, impressive. it is. And it was, and he liked it so much. He ended up buying his first one. He bought his first one from the, from his place. And then I put another one on layaway. So I'll get it out right before turkey season starts. I bought me a Maverick 88 Mossberg at Rural mm. King. And I have one already. I use a, I bought a Maverick 88 at Dick's Sporting Goods. It was way before Dick's Sporting Goods got in that controversy about stopping to sell ARs and all that stuff. But uh, I bought one just for home defense. Mm-hmm. Got it up there in the up there in the bedroom. But I bought another one, and it came with a 28-inch barrel or yep. whatever the standard barrel is. Got it specifically for turkey hunting. Yep. I'm like, I got a Remington 870. It's an old Wingmaster but you can't put chokes in it. Okay. Um, which it's a full choke, mm-hmm. which is not bad for turkey hunting. Yeah, it's not adjustable, though. A lot of people but like yeah, to adjust it. I like yeah. that adjustable thing. And so I bought that Maverick, put a turkey choke on it, and then pattern those turkey shells at 25 yards. Uh-huh. And if I have a turkey head right on my bead, that turkey ain't moving. There's a good oh, chance okay. that turkey's head's going to be gone. Yeah, 12 gauge at 25 yards is, is close. Yeah, so I tried it at 25. I might try it at 40 at a later date, right before turkey season, just to see what it patterns at 40 yards. Or yeah, more. that's that guy that's taken me. That's what he uh, he was practicing with some different chokes that he'd got, and he was telling yeah. me that he likes to do it about 40, and then he'll push out to 50. But he's using like Benelli's and uh, and Parsons chokes. Like that's he's got what this mo- one is. that's what this one is Carson's choke. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's got see he's got money in his stuff, so he's pushing out to fifty sometimes, depending yeah. on the loads and stuff. But uh, yeah, that's what I got that twelve gauge. I'm gonna use it. I told him I was gonna take a bow, and uh, my guy at work was freaking out because he's he's talking about how you know I know they could see good and all that, but I'm just yeah. a I'm if definitely you're a, a, if you're in a blind. Yeah, that and that's perfect. what we were gonna try and run a gun. In the yeah. woods, and he was like, "You're you're a psychopath for trying to take a bow." <laughs> but I'm just that bullet, or uh, I'm a I'm a broadheads before bullets kind of guy. Right. Um, I say that, and I killed my deer with a rifle this year. But uh, like I said, it was that weird thing about deer season. It's like they were never where they needed to be during bow season. But by God, as soon as the rut kicked in and muzzleloader and rifle kicked in, they yeah. were right where we needed them to be. I don't yeah. understand it. Maybe yeah. I have a problem with pattern early season bucks but that's a podcast for yeah that's a whole that's a whole other podcast yeah i ended up getting mine late season it was probably uh probably a late late or a second rut buck is probably what it was but the crazy thing is is i put real quick and i'll be done i probably put probably 80 hours of sit time with a bow in the tree and shot that on the day before the last day of rifle season and he was uh, just shy, but like he would have walked into bow range if I'd have let him. Mm-hmm. That's how close he got. And I was, and I had a rifle, man. I was like, man, if I'd, it's, I'd ar- a- it's ironic how it happens that way too. Yep, yeah. I shot him at maybe fifty-five yards with a with a rifle, and if I'd have waited another five seconds because he was walking at a good pace, he'd have been in bow range. He'd have been within forty yards. So, but that's just like you said, it's how it oh, works. Yeah. So, even though I love turkey hunting. I didn't even get a turkey last year. Now I went turkey hunting multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy Tanner, he got one while we went hunting. I think it was opening day, and we went up to Pound Reservoir. I went on National Forest everywhere, looked for turkey sign, made calls, and it just seemed like maybe it's just me, but the turkeys just 
never made a noise. I never heard him. Gobble. So yeah, so the experienced guy that I'm relying on, he talks that some years they just don't gobble. Yeah, and this is not me talking from my experience. So anybody that's out there listening, this is me just kind of repeating some dudes mm-hmm. that I have a lot of a whole lot of high respect and a lot of regard for. Um, he's just saying some years they just don't gobble, yeah. and it's uh, just. I had a trail camera on my property. I ran it from February until May. The only thing I got on that camera was four hens, and I got one gobbler. And I've got maybe this is like a trail camera, but I got hours of him in front of that trail camera. Yeah. I remember seeing your update or your uh, trail cam video on it. Never would gobble. He'd strut. Yeah. Puff up and strut around, mm-hmm. display. It, it, never it, gobble. I wonder if it's because he never had any competition. Yeah, I don't think I. that's the only thing I could think of because um, he's the only one I saw during the spring. Now, when fall came around, like September and then later on in the muzzleloader season, and I got you know, pictures and trail camera videos of this. I literally got videos of me handheld on my GoPro while I'm up in my hunting shack. I had three toms, long bearded toms, 25 yards from my hunting shack. Mm-hmm. And uh, here I am muzzle loading up there for deer. And I'm like, where were you all in the spring? Yeah. No kidding. Or <laughs> even during the archery season. Yeah. At least. Yeah. If I had my bow, I would have been able to shoot them. Absolutely. But, but uh, Turkey is definitely one of those things like, it's been synonymism with America ever since like, it's kind of like, Oh, you got to eat Turkey for Thanksgiving. The pilgrims mm-hmm. ate Thanksgiving. Pilgrims didn't eat Turkey for Thanksgiving. They ate deer, but that's sorry to burst your eyes up bubble on that. But yeah, they, uh, Turkey's been like a thing. And then like, I've always wanted a Turkey hunt. I remember as a kid, my papa made me a little bow. And it was Thanksgiving Day or the day before Thanksgiving. He's like, let's go up to the field and hunt a turkey. I was like four years old. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I'm like, yeah, let's get a turkey. Never saw a turkey, but that's beside the point. But that was like my first thing of where I was like, turkey. And uh, last year, like I said, I went hunting, didn't get one. The year before that, I was on night shift and I could not adjust to it. Mm-hmm. I got right into the woods right after work. I'd fall asleep by eight o'clock. I'd be sitting there up against a tree and I'd just be holding my shotgun. And the next thing I know, I'll wake up at like 1030 and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the year before that, I got me a turkey and I didn't get it till like the last week oh, of okay. turkey season. And in Virginia, the first month of turkey season, it's noon. 30 minutes before sunrise until noon. Yeah. There's some science behind that. I think they disproved that. I yeah. was reading well, some. I think that, but so, so many states are holding on to the old tradition. Yeah, they hold on new. to the old tradition, and Virginia's one of them. I wish, a part of me wishes Virginia would stop, but another part of me is like, well, I can turkey hunt in the morning and go trout fishing in the evening. So, I mean, yeah. I use it as convincing my wife because after spending so much time in the woods during deer season, she's like, oh, and now you're going to pick up turkey hunt too? I'm like, hey, i got to be out of the woods by noon. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it sounds a lot better <laughs> that way, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she probably wishes they'd do that for deer season too, but I'm glad they don't. But It's like I'm stuck on it for only half a day, honey. You know, I'm saying yeah. with my wife, like, I'll tell her, I'll tell her. Uh, I'll go in at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they're like, she's like, well, how long are you going to be? And I'm like, well, it's over at noon. So. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, be walking house. out by then anyway. Yeah, I'll be at least at the house by one. And yeah. they're like, oh, that's not too bad. You can bring lunch or I'll have lunch ready for you. And it's like, 
There we go. Just roll out the red carpet for me, why don't you? Yeah, that's what uh no, I just after, you know, like you and a lot of my other friends that do turkey hunt and I got a good buddy at work and uh he's a he's a pretty diehard turkey hunter and I'm getting him into diehard just archery in general. So mm-hmm. we're doing a trade off. He's been showing me a bunch of turkey stuff and I've been he just ordered a bow and uh I've been kind of guiding him on the archery side of things. So we're pretty excited for that. But uh <clears throat> the oh, let's see what I was gonna hit. About the turkey stuff, the getting new calls, because even though I, I used to be good with a diaphragm, messing with my high school teachers, uh, I hadn't done one in so long. So I had to buy some. And, uh, of course, I didn't have those ones I had then. And practice with them is a big yeah. thing. I was going to tell everybody. As soon as deer season's over, yeah, I start diaphragm practicing. I yep. get on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'll watch a little refresher instructor video yep. and techniques. And then I'll listen to actual turkeys yelping. Yep. Just try to get as close as I can to that yep. sound. And that's what, uh, I mean, I've watched videos and then, like I said, talking to the people that my, my kind of my turkey hunting mentor, he, he said, you'll hear the worst sound in turkey ever and think it's just some dude calling like cra- like just awful. Mm-hmm. He said, and it's actually a real turkey. He said, and then you'll be walking through the woods and hearing the best sound and uh, hen you've ever heard that's and you walk up and it's an actual human. He yeah. said, the turkeys are just like humans. They, they can, some can sing and some can't. So, yeah. uh, don't always think you have to be the best turkey caller to call in turkeys because they they can sound just as bad as uh, we can. Now, I was listening to a podcast actually yesterday, and uh, he brought up a really good point that he never uses a turkey call to locate a turkey. Okay. Because, say, you're using a locator. You're like you're just going, you know, you're doing your little yelps. That gobbler may not even gobble, mm-hmm. but he may be coming to you. Yeah. And then you don't hear nothing, and then you're like, eh, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Move on to another spot. And then he gets up to your spot, and he's like, where's the girls at? You know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good theory. So he says he uses hoodow calls and crow calls for <clears throat> almost all of his locators. Yeah. And I'm like, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it may be something I try. Yeah, that's what... I've been told uh, when you it's, if it's early in the morning using those hoot owls and, uh, and then in the day, if it's like, you know, you're moving it from a spot because it's dead, middle of the day, then that's when you use your crow call. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like the crow call because it's so easy to hit. I need, I need to get a crow call, actually. I never got I, one. I think, the, I think I bought the Primus one at Walmart. It was 7 bucks. It was like six ninety seven. Oh yeah, it's not yeah. At all. no, and it's you, you don't have to know anything. You yeah. can give it to your two year old. They know how. Yeah, you just literally blow through it, and it's a crow. Yeah. So it's I like that. The and they make a hoot owl call, but I actually and uh, you probably don't know them. There's a couple of uh, boys at work, uh, some Wamplers, mm-hmm. um, and one of their brothers he used to work there. He uh, he could do a damn good hoot owl call. Yeah, some dudes and can do it just with their mouth, and that's pretty. I'm incredible. not I'm not as good as it, but I got pretty good at hoot owl calling. And I okay. remember one time me and uh, Skyler went hunting turkey hunt one time. Did a hoot owl call. I got, I got a gobbler. Hey, there you go. I'm going to try it. I mean, it just, happened, a- it just happened to be not on the property. It was on yeah. another person's property, but I was like, hey, at least the hoot owl worked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what you can get that shot gobble sometimes too. People talk mm-hmm. about you slam that truck door, you know, mm-hmm. the yeah. fire off. They'll, uh, you, <laughs> you've always seen these TikToks and these YouTube videos, of these, these kids just being dumbasses. They're just, you know, they're out there turkey hunting or whatever, and then they just, you know, they do like they just yell, mm-hmm. and then you'll hear a gobble. Yep. And I'm like, 
shit if it mm. works it works yeah i think that's uh what i've been told like i said i'm, I'm not speaking for making any experience um as a lot of it, it's when they're still on the roost is when they'll fire off mm-hmm. on those a lot better so in the middle of the day squalling in the woods might not help as good but and the biggest thing i've noticed about roosting turkeys is if you go out the evening before try to find the roost that's one way of doing it obviously but i can't remember who told me it or where to hear it from but usually if you look on a topo map you look for the highest point mm-hmm. and then look for some spruce trees or pine trees they're okay. usually roosting in those trees because they they're sort of like how a old buck would be they want to see what's around them yeah so that makes sense the easiest point to see what's around them is to be at the highest point well that makes sense to me it i can't makes, speak on it but i can't either i've never actually spotted roosted birds anywhere where i'm at i've i've just so i can i can do one that does back up your uh thing there mm-hmm. so on the i have a super small piece of property that i can hunt um it's got pretty good amount of does uh, a couple good bucks here and there but um i was actually early season scouting i think it was like september because it was before deer season i walked up to the top uh it was actually probably the second highest peak on that property um, and the other highest peak was a, on the other side of the property. And it's, it's only about 30 something acres. So, right. um, but there's a old Oak up there and it's the, it's the biggest Oak tree I've ever seen in person. Um, like on just, just in, in the wild, like I've seen the one in, uh, another state that was like a monument thing, but right. it's, it's enormous. Like, um, and it has a bunch of like gnarly, gnarly, gnarly limbs sticking out of the top that are literally as big as regular tree trunks, like regular mm-hmm. size oak trees is the limbs coming out of this tree. And days. yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and I thought I was getting attacked by Chinook when I was deer scouting because <laughs> I didn't, I wouldn't even think about turkeys and they all, and I, I walked right under that tree because it drops a lot of oak or it drops a lot of acres. And that's what I was up there looking for and seeing where the deer were moving through and feeding and stuff. And they come out of there. It was right at, it was, uh, the sun had already went behind the horizon. I was up there right after dark, uh, mm-hmm. just looking around with my light and they come out of that tree and they were roosted on a highest point and a big gnarly tree with all kinds of good limbs on it. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. So that kind of makes me think. Yeah. And, and course, they had, they had something to eat too. So as soon yeah, as they flew yeah, down, they, was, they had acorns, you know, right there. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Last On Podcast. Stay tuned for part two of this episode. We release the podcast episode every two weeks here, um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We enjoy making them as much as you hopefully enjoy listening to them, and we'll catch you all next time.